0: Welcome to the Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm here to help you understand what you just read in the Bible. Hello, and welcome to week eight, episode eight. Eight weeks, guys. Eight weeks. Oh, so proud of y'all. And I'm so happy that I've been able to do this. It has just been an absolute joy, and I just want to thank you all for listening. It it blesses me, and I hope it blesses you. Again, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you need uh, help on how this podcast is laid out, please go back to the introduction episode. Uh, We... The reading plan we use is as it happened in the U version Bible app. So, let's get right into it. We are we should have finished Leviticus with chapters 19 through 27, got into Numbers chapters 1 through 6, and the timeline for this is only 1445 BC, so we don't um we don't cover many years. We're still right here and again, it's because we're setting up a society for the Israelites and by we, I mean God and I don't mean to put myself on God's level. Clearly I'm not. So, let's just get right into it Um, as we continued from last week in Leviticus and are going over the various laws that are not the Ten Commandments but are necessary for any governing body. And since God is creating these laws, we know that they were done to keep people at peace, safe, and for their best life. So chapter 19 I think is fun. Uh, Of course, I'm also one of those who enjoy reading and hearing weird laws across the country. Uh, These are various laws that God has put forth and really are just branches from the Ten Commandments. And then chapter 20 is not nearly as fun as chapter 19 because it's the punishment side of breaking the laws, which is never enjoyable. Then we get into the laws and rules for the priests. Since the priests were there as a mouthpiece for the Lord, they would have more and stronger laws for them. And as I think any ruler should have a stricter code since they are leading the people, current government bodies, hint, hint. The rules for the priests continue and what they should do as well as what is expected of their families so their calling does not only affect just them but it does affect their families as you may recall Aaron's sons died because they didn't do what they're supposed to It also gets into what are unacceptable sacrifices, because these are atonements for various issues. They have to be done in line with what God is asking. Not just anything is going to be okay. You can go all the way back to Cain and Abel to show this. It is nothing new. Now, some might find this a bit boring, but I think that it is important to notate how the people were to celebrate. And as we know in the U.S., many holidays have changed from what they were created for, and their meaning is now lost. God did not want that. Even the Sabbath had a purpose and was important. So this chapter lays out how festivals and holidays are to be observed. We, that is, hold real quick. Kelly side note. Uh, This in no way means to be that something against current Christmas celebrations people or Easter celebrations people take that and run with it and take it to mean all sorts of things. I love Christmas. It is my favorite holiday in the entire world. I love putting up the Christmas tree. I love seeing the lights. I love going Christmas light looking. I love eating ice cream when I go Christmas light looking. I love giving presents. Um, I, of course, enjoy receiving them, but I love picking them out for loved ones. I got my sister a gift this year, and I'm so stinking excited for it. I've given her hints because I'm so excited. I'm the worst secret keeper. I thought we've discussed that. But anyway, my point is, is that just because you celebrate a holiday, it's, that's not bad. And how you do it is fine. It's the, everything about God goes back to the heart. So if your heart is rejoicing and thanking God for the birth of his son, then you're fine. Don't, don't let anybody else, you know, get up and tell you anything different. If somebody wants a more simpler Christmas, good for them, go for it. If somebody wants a more extravagant, because that is how they show love and joy, and they honor God, then go for it. <sighs> and Easter, as long as you know that that's the most important thing, is that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you of your sins, and the rest is just added flutter, in my opinion. But again, all my opinion, do with what you will. Anyway, all right, back to the actual lesson. <laughs> We then see how the lampstand is to continually be taken care of, just like the light in us for God. Um, That sounds really cheesy, and I'll own that, but doesn't make it wrong. We also see the blasphemers get their own section, and not in a good way. And I know that blasphemy is used as a bit of a joke now, but make no mistake, God will not be mocked. And in the case of Israel, it was a punishment that included death. We get to see all the festivals and how each year was to go. I find the year of Jubilee to be particularly interesting and often wonder how that would live out here in the U.S. if we implemented it. Then I giggle to myself, but it is such a gracious concept, it literally could have only come from God. As we finish out the book of Leviticus, we see that God gives the rewards for obedience and the punishment. The punishment is a longer section any study of human behavior can tell you why. Most of us don't do something unless we fear the consequences more. For whatever reason, that outweighs all the positive things that come with doing the right thing. And as someone who struggles with working out, as I hate it for the most part, I get this concept on a deep personal level. Also, if there are a punishment for people putting up their carts, their grocery carts, then more people would do it. Now wouldn't they, oh, oh, is that a Kelly soapbox? It is. It really is. I digress. I'll go back to worrying about myself and my hatred of working out. We see how people are able to redeem what is rightfully theirs or if it is legit, is no longer available to them. This is also where we see how God expects a tithe from his people. Then we go through the genealogy and I'm not going to lie here. I usually don't pay much attention when I read into genealogy. That is just, if it is not for my personal family, my interest is like bomb Gone. Not a thing I enjoy. Not gonna lie. However, to each their own. So for some of you, this will probably enjoy this slice of knowledge. Uh, For the rest of us, reading and or listening to it once is usually good. And I will not lie. I usually skim and then skip. I'm like, no, Kelly. Every time I read this, every time I start with numbers, I read it and I'm like, you are gonna read every single name. That lasts for about... Five verses and then I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Skim town to the very bottom. Pretend I read it and then skip. Good, bad, or indifferent. That's the truth. Then we get to see how all the tribes are laid out. Who belongs where, who is in charge, etc. Is only less slightly boring to me than the genealogy. I tell you this not to be flippant, but to show the truth. Not all parts of the Bible are going to fascinate you. And what does interest you might not interest someone else. And that is okay. I pray that if God needs me to learn something from a section I'm not particularly interested in, he would renew my focus on it. And so you'll have to read this. Hitting me with a two by four is also in the realm of possibility. So having said that, sometimes repetition is necessary. So we get it through our minds <clears throat> as we get to focus on Aaron and the priests, And once again, we see how important it is for the priest to be who and what God commanded. Finally, we get some more juicy topics when we see more of what the Lord would have us do. There's the purity, the restitution of wrongs, and the test for the unfaithful wife. Now, the husband has to bring the sacrifices regardless if she is guilty or not. And the priest performs the ritual. And if she is, then it will show. And if she is not, that will also show. I have recently learned on TikTok that some people take this as something to do with abortion. And I personally do not know how you can read any of that and get abortion out of it. Because that has nothing to do with what's going on here. And if that is your premise, I'm going to go ahead and politely disagree with you. And tell you absolutely not. And, um... At no point in God's word will you ever find abortion is okay. Nowhere. You can try. It is just not there. Finally, we get to see some more juicy topics when we see more of what the Lord would have us do. All that to say that it will show if she was unfaithful or not. And unlike the witch trials a couple thousand years later, this was God's trial. So it'd be legit. And then we learn about the Nazarite. This is an important read because we are going to come across this more than once down the line. And these are like the navy seals of the priesthood. And God gives the priests a prayer to say over their people. And you'll want to keep all of this in mind as we get to week 14. It will be very, very useful then. Hint, we talk about Samson. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Sorry for going on so many little tangent and rants. Again, I do want to... Reiterate to those of TikTok and those that think that that verse has anything to do with abortion, you're wrong. He closes, he makes her barren in the sense that she will not give children anymore. And if she's not guilty, she will continue to have children. So if you want to fight me on that, I'm not going to fight you. Sorry, just not going to do it. I, I see no point in it. But um, if you have any question, any other questions, concerns, or want to discuss anything with me, please let me know and I will be glad to answer any questions you may have. I hope you guys have a most fabulous week and remember, do not make idols. Love y'all. Bye.